Long ago in ancient Mesopotamia, a civilization laid the foundations for Christianity, but in ways one might not expect. Hosts Denise and Buddy Wood go on a spiritual and thought-provoking journey, uncovering and exploring some of Christianity's hidden truths. Join us as we unveil and explore the mystery that is the remnants of Ur. Welcome to Remnants of Ur. My name is Denise Wood. And my name is Buddy Wood. And last episode we talked about although the Gospels have some flaws, they offered an invaluable glimpse into just who Jesus was. He was the one person in the history of mankind who showed us the true nature of a living and loving God. And this is episode 19, entitled The Kingdom of God, and coincides with the chapter 13 in the book Remnants of Earth. The kingdom of God is an esoteric concept which Christ tried to teach to his disciples. And as we study the different passages, it is evident that the disciples never really got the full picture, which is understandable because they only had three and a half years with Christ before he was executed. During his time with them, Jesus was trying to convey a spiritual kingdom of God, but they were taught that Jesus would physically ride into Jerusalem and take over the throne. It did not fit their paradigm for Christ to die, and they really never could hear it even though toward the end Jesus was saying it plainly and often, Hey guys, I am going to be killed. The difference was that the disciples' kingdom was a literal one, and Christ's kingdom was a spiritual one. We saw that with Abraham, who had a difficult time shedding the culture of Mesopotamia. Although Abraham's faith was counted to him as righteousness, his upbringing did affect his understanding of what God was saying, and it kept Abraham from fully knowing the heart of God. Our cultural influences are powerful forces in our lives. This applies to Christians today. If we are ingrained with religious beliefs that have been taught to us by humans who have misinterpreted the message of God, it prevents us from hearing and truly knowing God. Jesus is the only human that I know that has connected with the Spirit of God and demonstrated the works of the kingdom of God. He is the spiritual example that we should follow. No one can teach you to know God. It is an individual journey between you and the Father. That is so true. We are only here to tell you that connecting with God is possible and we can point you in the right direction which is to encourage you to do what Christ said to do. Jesus was not a religious teacher, but rather a spiritual teacher who taught that the kingdom of God is at hand. So why the term kingdom? As we have seen going all the way back to Ur, that territories were defined by their kingdoms. Ur was a kingdom. Babylon was a kingdom. They were both kingdoms in Mesopotamia. In the beginning of the first century, King Herod the Great ruled over the kingdom of Judah. So kingdom was a term in that era that was very familiar to the Jewish people. The first time we see the kingdom of God mentioned in the Gospels is with John the Baptist. 
John was a first century prophet who adamantly opposed the religious leaders. He was bold and publicly called them snakes and vipers to their faces. You know, and it says in the Gospels that they would have taken him and to do the same thing that they did to Christ. Except for all the people. But all the people counted him as a prophet, so they were afraid. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted to kill him. They sure did. I want to take a minute to evaluate just what John was actually doing here as a Jewish prophet. John was submerging the people by performing what is called a mikvah. A mikvah is a ritual bath that the Jewish people used frequently to cleanse themselves if they had touched anything unclean or anything contaminated with blood. The mikvah is still used today. So John was cleansing the people, and according to the book of Mark, John was preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. You know, I was looking at this this morning, and it, it and it just dawned on me is that also what John was doing, because of the relationship with the mikvah, is John was baptizing these people and also cleansing them of that blood sacrificial religion that they were bound up in. So it was, a, in essence, a spiritual cleansing as well, being cleansed from that religion. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what was happening. Yeah. So John was cleansing the people, and according to the book of Mark, John was preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. Now, we know that the Jewish people practiced the laws of Moses, and the way to get their sins pardoned was to take the appropriate animal to the high priest in the temple and perform blood sacrifice. So John was preaching repentance, and in the Greek, it means changing of the mind. And remission of sin is translated into pardon of sin. Therefore, John is saying during his performing of the baptism, instead of sacrificing in the temple, you need to be cleansed and change the way you think about how to get your sins pardoned. The kingdom of God is at hand. John's baptism of submerging people in the river was not what the Christian baptism represents today. John's cleansing was bringing people out of religion whereas the Christian baptism is welcoming people into their religion. You know, that's so true. And I think we can all remember, and, and, and I know that I've seen those baptismals in char- churches all across the United States, and it has become more of a ritual to them. And, but I, I don't and we don't want to take away from those of you who, for me, when I was baptized— it represented the new life that I had. I mean, I was washed clean. I was a, like as clean as a shiny new baby. I was a new person, and my old life was gone, and I had a new life. I had a new lease on life, and that's what the baptism represented to me, the washing away of the old and becoming a new person. And so for those of you who are just like me, who had a real experience with Christ, with the Most High God, and have a new lease on life, and you know this is a real thing you got going on, and that's what baptism represented to you, 
brother, I'm with you and we're with you. Yes. We don't want to take away from what God's done in your life. Absolutely not. Yes. Amen. So the disciples of Christ also baptized people, preaching the kingdom of God is at hand. So when Christ taught that message, he showed the people what it meant. He healed all that were sick. He relieved the spiritually tormented, and he counseled the ones who needed emotional support. As he did the work of the kingdom of God, Christ was constantly criticized and judged by the religious leaders. Jesus healed on the Sabbath, which meant he was breaking the laws of Moses by working on the day of rest. So therefore, the religious leaders decided that Jesus obviously could not be from God. Christ's reply was, Which one of you, if his ox falls in a ditch on the Sabbath, would not rescue his ox? Jesus cast out demons from people who were spiritually tormented, and the religious leaders claimed that he did it by the power of Beelzebub, the prince of devils. Christ's reply was, If Satan is casting out Satan, then how can his kingdom stand? A kingdom divided against itself will fall. Jesus defied the laws of Moses once again by eating and drinking with the sinners, which in the law of Moses was forbidden. Those filthy people were supposed to be cut off from the congregation. When reviled by the religious leaders, Christ's response was, It is not the well that need a physician, but the sick. Jesus taught that the kingdom of heaven was not a place where you could say it is here or there, but it is within you. So Christ demonstrated the kingdom of God by hearing from God and doing what God led him to do, rather than following the religious rules. Jesus passed on the spiritual knowledge of the kingdom of God to his disciples in the famous passage known as the Sermon on the Mount. After Christ had led his disciples up to a mountaintop where the throngs of people and religious leaders would not follow, he spoke in private to them. In the next episode, we will start a study on the Sermon on the Mount to discover just what Christ was talking about. Before we go, I want to mention here that the term kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, as Matthew called it, was mentioned 85 times in the Gospels. However, after Christ died, the term kingdom of God was phased out and only mentioned 28 times throughout the rest of the New Testament. The kingdom of God message that Christ preached was quickly replaced with the good news of a free gift. Jesus is a blood sacrifice for your sins, and if you accept it, you will have eternal life. And this is where the disciples got off track. So true. Next episode, we will talk about the teachings of Christ's kingdom of God that were meant only for his disciples. And it is clear that Christ never presented it as a free gift. That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us. If you're interested, our book, Remnants of Ur, is available on Amazon. If you have any questions or comments, our email is remnantsover at gmail.com.
www.thebookshop.com. <laughs>